Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka! My mom gave birth in 1985. I was blue than a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan, Rampage the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. That arcade was my church. I thought I was Rastan, so for evil... I'm unaware if it's showing my face. Oh, there it is, there it is. All right. <laughs> oh, your lighting's not that bad. It could, I don't know if this helps or makes it worse, but it's it's very bright. <laughs> it's it's a very specific light. It's just like one, <laughs> one spot on your face. Well, so it is a very specific light. Let me set this down real fast because... That's your phone. <laughs> it's a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, that's better. Well, that's cr- you, you find the funniest things. So we'll just not use it. Well, let's get started so I don't have to keep you super late. We're already running a little late. I don't treat normal guests this way. But, uh, but <laughs> well, <laughs> you're a long time anything friend. if I'm not. <laughs> have we done this before? Have you have you not no, been on the podcast? No, this is, this is new and exciting for me. Okay. Because, I mean, Matt's been on a bunch, obviously. Uh, our buddy Ted's been on once. We should have done this before now. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? We're, we're rectifying that now. So, uh, so Bill, you are a, I'll, I'll go as far as to call you a childhood friend. <laughs> yes, I would agree. You're a streamer and you're a number of things. And I wanted to have you on tonight because we both, we both went to the uh, Sandbox VR location that just ended up in, uh, opened in St. Louis. Uh, they invited us, invited me to put together a crew to bring in and we did the thing and you were there. And I thought, uh, in addition to that, I can just have you on. You could promote the stream, anything you're up to. So uh, say say hi to the people. Well, hello, people. How is it? How's it going? Are my audio levels okay? I don't know how this works. I think so. You were actually coming in pretty hot. I've I've turned you down a little oh. bit at this point. So I, I think you should be okay. All right. I uh, <laughs> I get that a lot as it is in my everyday life. So I'm I'm not surprised to hear you say that. You. <laughs> You you said your lighting was going to be bad in a text, and I was worried that you were going to look like the Grim Reaper or something. And, <laughs> I could uh, fix that. Hold on. Let me just... Uh, 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 the hood's not going to go over the headset. Won't go over the headset. <laughs> this is funny because I uh, I just added this to my booking page. You probably saw it. I, I put in sort of bold letters at the top like, for best results, please plan on having headphones on the day of. Yes. Because it comes up a lot. Most people aren't used to using headphones for Zoom, I guess, these days. And um, it, it's it's an issue, and you're and you kind of laughed at it, like, "Oh, this, come on, this is not going to be an issue." And uh, like 15 minutes ago, I get a text from Bill, and it's like, "I'm doing my best to get get this headset to work." <laughs> so, I, <laughs> ironically, um, I plugged it in, and I'm like, "I know it works because I use this for my stream." So, like, I know it works. What is going on? So, I'm like looking through the settings, and I'm messing with Zoom, thinking it's something in Zoom. And then I go down to the the little right side of the screen where you've got your little mic icon and you got your little volume icon. And I click on it and I'm like, well, it's set to the right thing. Like, it might help if I slid the volume slider over a little bit, bit and then I could hear the the tone in the background that I was checking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long have you been doing your streams now? It's been a while. I want to say it's two plus years now. I, I don't know what the language filter is on your show here. 
Uh, um, I kind of have as far as I know, it. anything goes. I, I don't, right. someone will tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> yes, I, I, I half ass started it probably longer than that, but I did get like an anniversary alert recently. Uh, said that I had been streaming for you know two plus years, and I think it was February, so February would have marked two years. So I'm going coming up on the third year then. Drop um, the uh, name of the channel in case somebody wants to look you up while they're listening to you. So the channel is, or at least the link, the best way to say it is just twitch.tv and then your little forward slash uh, hazard, H-A-Z-B-A-R-D-0643. Uh, you can find me there. I stream a couple times a week during the evenings once I get off work. And then um, usually on the weekends, I try to get some some daylight hour streams going on Saturday and Sunday, um, depending on what life has going on outside of that. Uh, but you're almost sure to find me Saturday morning trying to get a little uh, Fortnite in or something like that. I've got a buddy in the UK I stream with, and, and since there's a six-hour difference there in the morning on the days is one of the times that we get to play. So, And that's kind of his go-to. Uh, I stream a variety of games. Um, I'm big into the sandbox-style games, uh, survival games. I like them a lot. Uh, yeah. Could be uh, Minecraft, Seven Days to Die. I just started playing a new one on the PC called Dual Universe. It's like a, a space minecraft kind of thing um hmm. one of the things that caught me it was a kickstarter campaign and their initial video was like if you, you want to build the death star you can build the death star and i was like <laughs> i'm in these guys yeah these guys sold me right there man and and it was in, in development forever and it, it finally i think i signed up for the kickstarter back in 2016 and it just finally uh, launched september 27th i think so I'm trying to remember how many years ago I did. I supported the first Kickstarter I ever supported. I'm trying to remember the name. I can't even remember the name of the game at this point. It's been so long. It was the first one. It was probably six or seven years ago. And the dude never. Here's the thing. I found him because he had made a music tool that I really liked. And I had made some music with it. And I had earned some web traffic. And I kind of wanted to give him a little thank you. So I, I sent him a message. I was like, hey, this is awesome. Really like this. Wish I could support you somehow. And he goes, actually, I'm working on my first indie game. And I looked at it and it looked awesome. It looked like it, it was kind of like a roguelike, but with a musical theme. And mm -hmm. uh, it was it was like six years ago. And not only did the guy go through the thing, it got funded. He made like $35,000 or something to finish this. And I was well, thinking... Wow. As a developer, I was like, God, that must be nice to get that kind of support for a project. I, you know, everything I've done, I did from scratch, completely alone with nothing. Yeah. He, he took the money. I'm sure he wanted to put the game out, but I'm sure $34,000 doesn't actually go that far if you're living on it. And so, like, years later, it's gone. He's doing other stuff. Doesn't seem like it's ever going to come out. And... Since then, he's done like really popular work on like other indie games and stuff. And everybody's like, this guy's well known for the being the composer for this one game. I'm like, no, that guy owes me a game. Don't you support him? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like a dick. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, and I have no business being that. It was like five bucks. I dropped <laughs> this a stupid, stupid reason to, to be upset. But like, that was the first time I tried Kickstarter. It was a big deal for me. And that guy just. I, I don't want to say took the money and ran, but he did not deliver. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that. I um, I don't think it was through Kickstarter, but I I backed a project. Um, 
it's kind of, you know, a small project I'm sure most people haven't heard of, but Star Citizen. <laughs> I, <laughs> I use that. <laughs> I use that with Jess, of course. Um, and I'm not mad that I did it because I've enjoyed watching what they've done with it and stuff. And I, I really think that if whenever they do finally finish it, it will be a game that like really scratches a very specific itch, you know, but it was the same way. I think I backed it back in 2016 and here we are, it's 2022, it's almost 2023, and the game is made. It's the I think it's the most heavily crowdfunded game in existence, I think and it's right. still in like a early alpha, uh, yeah. and it's just crazy. And I, I remember thinking at some of their their goals and things that they wanted to do that it was like, all right, let's that's cool and it sounds really good, but like let's bring it down and let's let's think a little bit more reasonably because I know one of the things they talked about was like every round of physical ammunition would be like a legit casing within a legit bullet. And that bullet would travel through the rifling of the gun. And I'm like, all right, like let's stop, you know, like if halo can make it work where the projectiles just pop out the end of the barrel or whatever, I think you guys would be all right with that. You're not going to take away anybody's immersion by not having the actual bullet travel through the actual barrel. Like, yeah, it, I mean, we call it scope creep in game development. It's like you are supposed to define the scope of the project. We're going to go from here to here. We're not going to add any features beyond this certain level of design. And it seems like in Star Citizen's case, they they were like, wouldn't it be more interesting if we just had no scope whatsoever? We tried to like make a game that basically covered existence and every every rule of gravity and physics and yeah. everything else has to be accounted for. It's like, okay, but you're obviously not going to get that done. It's not right. Did you know that I had uh, a developer from star citizen on the the podcast a while back? I did not, but I will be going back to look for that one. (laughs) You should go back. Uh, It's, I think I mentioned star citizen in the title. If I didn't, uh, I mentioned his indie game recursive ruin, which uh, looks very cool and has been very popular so far. He's the nicest guy in the world. Talk to his brother. Also, he's a twin. They were interesting guys and they were working on this game, but sure enough, he, he was actively working on star citizen and um, people, it was interesting. It got a lot of traffic and people were like, man, you did a really good job of like not making this a hit job and it wasn't part of a smear campaign and stuff. And and for me, it was like, that wasn't really professionalism as much as I, I didn't care that Star Citizen is what it is. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's been a long-term project. I feel like everybody kind of knew it was going to be a long-term project. And the people who want to be a part of that are, and the people who don't at this point are not. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not mad that exists. You know, it's like, there's, there's something for everybody and people who are upset about that. It's like play elite dangerous play anything. Sure. sure. Yeah. And so I, I've, we had a lovely I've chat. spent more money than I probably should have on it so far, but I haven't spent anything that I feel like I wouldn't recoup my losses. You, you know, um, as somebody that plays Fortnite, like I've probably spent more money in Fortnite than I should yeah. ever care to admit or want to think about. But for me, at the end of the day, a lot of it with gaming and things like that is like, did you enjoy it? Yes. Okay. Well, did it make you happy? Yes. All right. Well, then it was probably worth it. Like, don't feel bad about the things that you enjoy. I think people that ridicule somebody for enjoying something because it's not their cup of tea are kind of the worst kind of people. Yeah. And I, I make an honest effort not to be that person. If I catch myself doing it, I'm like, hey, don't do that. Like, you know, you 
preach for people not to do that. Don't be that person. I, I want to jump right on board with that because obviously that is the right idea and a good sentiment, except it makes me the asshole in that example a moment ago where I was like, I spent $5 on this guy's game. Don't, don't support him on this other thing, <laughs> which I don't, I don't really feel that way. It was just an example of the very first time I tried this. It, it went sure. wrong and that money just went nowhere. <laughs> and I'm sure there's probably been no shortcoming of uh, indie Kickstarter games that have, have gone that way. Um, there's a game that I've been kind of paying attention to and really looking forward to. I want to say it's the day after tomorrow, I believe is the title. And it's very much looks like, um, the division meets like a zombie survival game. And it looks really super interesting. And I, no release date, no idea of when it's coming or anything like that right now. And then I started seeing like YouTube channels where people were talking about it. And they were talking about the studios that were behind it and like the stuff that like their failings and shortcomings that have happened and stuff. And they're like, we're not really sure this game's ever going to come out. And I'm like, oh man, like, like you get a game that comes out and you're like, man, that's going to be great. And you look forward to it. And then all of a sudden, mm, is it going to come out? Question mark. <laughs> it's, it's like investing once in a while, it's going to pay off huge. And most of the time it's going to be nonsense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That tracks like my Amazon stock right now. <laughs> Oh, are you, are you still working for them? Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm going through my seventh peak right now. Um, I've been with the company six years, October 1st. So I'm starting my seventh year. Um, I work for an AMXL, which does a lot of, uh, big things. So your desks, your mattresses, your beds, TVs, Mm. anything 50 pounds and up, um, could be camping equipment or car bumpers or monster truck tires. And I work at a sort center. So uh, a lot of what we do is is separating uh, customer orders out to the next location. So then it's going to go from us into like a delivery station. So then it can then go to to the customer. Uh, and, I, you know, I work Monday through Friday. I have decent hours. I can't complain about it. Um, but at the end of the day, it wouldn't be a bad thing if I was able to lean more into the things that I enjoy. Like, oh, yeah like gaming or streaming or just, you know, content creation in, in general, I, uh, I suffer from not being as motivated as I probably should to create that content. And then on top of that, I suffer from some ADHD and I get really hyper-focused on something and I enjoy it and then I'll do it for a couple of months and then it just fizzles and another new shiny thing comes along and I just go, chasing after it like uh james woods and family guy you know piece of candy piece of candy like that's the attention span i (laughs) i work with daily i mean it's hard because definitely i started all of this stuff while i was still in the like traditional workplace before i sort of went independent and motivation feels a lot different when you are spending you know 40 plus hours a week you know working for the man uh it looks different when you come home and you're like, okay, well, I still want to get my stuff done. Like that effort is not going to go as far as like, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that even with the opportunity to stay home and homeschool will and, you know, work on contract things here and there, like I still get to apply a whole lot more effort. And so like, it, I, I remember like, that's just to say, like, I have not forgotten what it's like 
to be, be like, I got this programming project for work in my brain and I'm thinking about it on the drive home and I'm going to sleep and waking up thinking about it. Like, of course, of course it feels like, God, this rest of this stuff is never going to get anywhere. But I think it's, I think it's an issue where if you keep pushing on it, you know, it's, it's just simple little math, by little. you know, step plus step plus step, you get there one day. And, you know, it's, it's the people who refuse to give that up for sure. Uh, that that turns into something. But here's a question as an Amazon Prime member. Now, I didn't know this worked this way. I didn't know there was a special, you know, section for for big items. So like as a Prime member, if I were to order a bed with truck tires and car bumpers, like you just mentioned, could I get that all on the same day? Uh, I think it's going to really depend on who the uh, the owner of the item is. If it's something that you're ordering from like a third party, maybe it's uh Joe Bob down the road selling it through us and it's just at our warehouse um, versus maybe uh, a bigger name vendor like Serta or something that we carry mattresses for. Um, ideally, yes, in theory, it would all come the same day. <laughs> I think um, what I've landed on here is a car bed for adults. And now I, now mean, I can't think about anything else. You know what? And and <laughs> I feel like that would be <laughs> a well worth investment for sure. We could make you a Bronco bed. Would you like that? Oh yeah, that's a that's a sore subject actually right now. I Uh-oh, was what's involved going on with- in uh, <laughs> I was involved in a hit and run Tuesday night in in, in town. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, coming down Clay Street. I'm sure you're familiar being a Council native. Yeah, uh, coming down Clay Street towards uh, 159 there where the old Birch used to be. And I crossed over Aurora street at that four-way intersection there. Yeah. Um, I came to the intersection. I stopped. I watched this four-door sedan come to the intersection and stop as I was going forward. It was like one of those scenes from a movie where there was just headlights and then an impact. And I oh. went from, you know, straight on to like, I don't know, a 90 degree turn, basically almost facing the wrong way. Uh, pulled over real fast and like hopped out to see what was going on. And in the intersection, there's a bumper, there's a headlight, there's all kinds of plastic and everything else. And all I can think is like, what did they do to my ride? Yeah. (laughs) And I look up to see this sedan's brake lights slowing down. And then it's, I don't know if they saw me and got scared because I got out of the car so fast, (laughs) but they were gone. They just, Hmm. they just took off on me. And it was like, are you, I was yelling and cussing and like, are you kidding me? Some really sweet little lady on the corner came out to make sure I was okay. She heard the ruckus and the noise. And so then I start going to the middle of the intersection. I start picking up all this stuff and getting it out of the road. I picked up this bumper front license plate still right there on it. So Holy crap. I, I, I called the cops and placed a, uh, a police report, filed a police report with them about being a hit and a run, gave them the license plate. They, they kept. <laughs> everything else that collinsville is just a disasters i will make no effort to dispute that but i i do like to brag on stream about it being the home of the world's largest ketchup bottle and telling people to look it up so that's that's <laughs> yeah. a fun thing to do for me um but yeah so the police came out they filed a report they told me that the person that hit me just lived up the road a little bit and they were going to go follow up with them so yeah they lived on the road that they hit me on. They were blocks from their house. That's what and they, then they say. Ran. They say a lot of a lot of accidents happen real close to one of the people's homes. 
And I, of course, I was on my way to the in-laws for dinner. So I was like, I told the officer if he didn't need anything else, he got everything. We finished the report and I hopped in to leave and I look and there's a piece of the bumper on my hood. I'm like, hmm. how in the world did this get here? So I hopped out and grabbed it and stuck it with the rest of the stuff and drove over to the in-laws house. And I didn't notice anything. It Steering felt fine. It seemed like it was driving okay. But it wasn't until I jumped in to then go home for the night that I just started hearing the most awful noise coming from that section of the car. And I like rolled the window down and you could tell that metal on metal was hitting uh. every time the tire made a rotation of some kind. So I've got it parked right now. I filed a claim and I'm trying to get it into a shop to get looked at. And of course, I'm sure with it being, um, you know, as readily available as they are, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that parts will be no problem whatsoever and I'll get it back immediately. <laughs> oh my God. You waited so long, man. You were the one of the people who custom ordered it before it was available. Yep. Yeah. And I, then... I placed the order day of when they announced the reservations. It took me four hours to do that because the website kept crashing, much like trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then got my order in in January, waited 10 months for it after them pushing back the original order two or three times. It went from like June to July to August to September to October. But then it finally came in October. So it was like like waiting on a baby. You know, it was a 10-month process there. <laughs> and I have it for a year and the month, the month after that, you know, bam, somebody hits it. Baby got hit by a car. Yep. That's such a good story, though, in the sense that the dude left his license plate and ran. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I tried to look up the police report today to see like if there was any more information about it, and there wasn't anything in there yet. Uh, so I'm going to keep checking back. But well, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know that <laughs> that was going to be uh, such a, a hot topic for you. To say that I was upset is putting it very mildly. We can talk about better things because I think we all had a pretty good time at uh, at Sandbox, yes. right? Yeah, I uh, just told my wife today that I'd I'd like to go back and do it soon sometime. I said I had to, you know, maintain my spot on the leaderboard. <laughs> you need a higher score and I need to go put my money where my mouth is now that I said I think my gun wasn't working quite right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I, the comments are going to be is like, uh-huh, sure, just like a gamer, blaming lag or blaming equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and and Sandbox themselves would be well within their rights to, like, look up some data and go, no, you're full of shit. Like, that's it, it, that's impossible. <laughs> but, uh for my own peace of mind, I'd love to go and try a different weapon and, and see just, you know, because didn't Angie get a shotgun too? Angie had a shotgun as well. Let and, me preface and, all this by saying I just released quite a long write up on the website at codewriteplay.com. You can read about the whole group's experience at this thing. They, they opened their St. Louis location uh, November 4th, I believe. And they said, come in with a group. Give us your thoughts, you know, have have fun and, and come check it out. And we did, and we had a, a ton of fun. The overall review is like super high praise from everybody who went. But I <laughs> I, I mentioned that, you know, VR isn't isn't perfect. And my my shotgun kind of felt like it was malfunctioning a bit. I mean, sometimes it had just disappeared. So it disappeared, it would come back, it'd be vertical or upside down or something. And I'm like in the room, like pointing it at my own head, trying to see if I can compensate for the weird angle. It was a lot of the time it worked fine. And we had a, well, if you, it, it didn't, it didn't if stop. If you noticed anything. their little video thing that they made for us and sent to us, there is a point where one of those nasty creatures is on your back. And if you watch 
carefully amongst it, you see me trying to like <laughs> angle this gun to self defend myself against this thing. <laughs> it looks real, real silly. <laughs> that that was a funny part of the design because one of the guides we were talking to was like, "You'd you'd be surprised how many people don't figure out like." how to take care of like how to dodge projectiles instead of trying to shoot something that's flying through the air. And I thought like, okay, there must be some trick to this. So I'm starting to do stuff that I'm sure looked really stupid. Like I'm starting to like swat at stuff, you know, <laughs> try, try, like, melee can with I, the gun. Can I just punch or grab the zombie and like throw him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I isolated in, in the preview video they gave us the spot where one of these things jumped on my back. Cause it happened to make it into the little trailer they give you at the end. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting off in the distance. I can't even see what I'm shooting at, but this thing jumps from off screen, like straight onto my head. And I'm just, <laughs> what, what now? <laughs> it, it, man, it really was such an enjoyable time. Like getting there and seeing it and, and listening to everybody play and watching them play to actually talking to the people that were there and getting us set up to play was fun. And then in actually the, the overall experience, the ironic part of, you know, setting up my camera to to film it and then you joking about the camera falling at the beginning and then just recording 35 minutes of, <laughs> of the floor. And then as I turn around and I start watching it when I get home, five minutes in or less, the camera falls. <laughs> it sure did. It makes it straight to, the, straight to the ground. And I'm like, oh, man, if there's 25 more minutes of just this, but luckily the staff there was super cool. They picked it back up. They got us set up, gave us a thumbs up, you know, and a couple of the people that were helping us out. Um, I missed the guy's name that brought in the backpacks. I did too. Uh, I, I he, feel bad. I, I didn't get his name. Yeah. Super nice. Very friendly. He he was getting it all set up on me and he asked if I was ready for him to let go. And, and I said, yes. And then when he let go, I acted like I was falling backwards, <laughs> <laughs> which later my wife told me he did not look amused by that joke. <laughs> Yeah, and I I looked up those some of those VR backpack systems. So for for anybody I don't who doesn't know, that I know, want to know. <laughs> right, we, we we had to wear uh, backpack uh, PCs basically that would tether to the headsets because they were that kind of headset, and that's very typical for like those places, the attractions that do VR in a room like that. You need heavy duty gear, and. He, he mentioned to us, he said, these things run 2080s. And I looked that up like backpack, uh, NVIDIA GeForce 2080 systems. The ones I found were thousands and thousands of dollars between like 2,500 and like $4,000. I have no oh idea goodness. if that, but that's why I included in the article. I said, based on what I, my understanding, there's no way we weren't each putting on thousands of dollars worth of equipment before we did this thing. And so I'm sure he did not find that funny when you acted like you're about to eat shit and <laughs> <laughs> smash the backpack on the, on the ground. In hindsight, it would have been a, a good opportunity to quote Gus, Ghostbusters and, and talk about a, uh, you know, what's the word about? We Each of us has an untested particle accelerator on our backs or <laughs> for the proton pack, because that's about what it felt like putting it on. It's like you almost felt like you were putting on the proton pack from Ghostbusters or something. Somebody commented that under one of our videos on Facebook. He, uh, My buddy Jay put a GIF of um, Venkman walking around looking around with his with this thing on <laughs> uh, yeah he did he did i saw that <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was good um and if you remember they had those clips playing of the different games you could play in the the fighting one there's 
one shot of the two people like physically in the room and not in game and they're decked out the same way we are, but they're like running around the room and like jumping and stuff. And I was like, I can't believe they're doing that in this hardware. Like I, I yeah, mentioned that in the yeah. article too. I was like, that's, that's one of the ballsiest uses of VR equipment I've ever seen ever. You're right. Like seeing them do it and the movement and stuff like it wasn't like playing, you know, Wii boxing or something back in the day with the joy cons, you know, this, these guys were like, I mean, it looked like um, Brad Pitt in Troy. You know, he was having <laughs> a fight with this other dude outside <laughs> the walls of the city. And these guys looked like that. You know, they had their little virtual shield and their virtual weapon. And they were really, really giving it to each other. Yeah. And like but- when we were in there, I couldn't imagine ducking or rolling or dodging or something in that kind of a fashion. Like, I- <laughs> Yeah. And if you check the video when we're first like I couldn't I was surprised that the design had us so close in like all of it, because in the fighting one, it seems like it's designed to have like melee weapons that are long stuff like swords and spears and stuff like laser swords or whatever. But that still only probably creates maybe two, three, four feet of distance between the people. And I could easily see a problem there. Um, well, yeah. Ours, we were supposed to, like, if somebody was down, you'd go touch their shoulder to respond them. I was surprised they had us that close because I, I could easily see accidentally popping somebody in the face, two people colliding, trying to get to a person. So, and we were all very careful. Like if you look yes. back at the footage, I'm like, I'm like scooting half step at a yes, time to get to somebody. I was just going to say that, that it was like a little left foot, left foot, like mm-hmm. watching my arm get closer to be like, all right. So they're, they're coming close. Like where the, uh, all right, I got somebody's shoulder. All right. I got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was wild think- and it was uniquely fun. It, it was super cool. What did you think about city foundry? Cause I had never been there. Yeah. So that was a first for me as well. Um, initially, when we were following the map to get there, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like it says there's a garage or whatever. So I'm sure we weren't the only people to do it, but we turned onto the street that it's on and then what kind of went down the little hill and to the right. And then there's this garage there and you're like, oh, there's probably parking here. No, they had it barricaded off Oh, and you had to turn around and then go back out. So it was like, all I could think is like, I'm not going to be the last person to do this. Like right. there's no way. But so we made a little, three point U-turn right there came back out and then went down to the right. Um, and there was just a nice open significant. I felt like parking spot down there. It was free. I was worried we were going to have to pay for parking. Nothing like that. Uh, I will say that in the colder months, like we were down there in that wind whips down. Oh yeah. We were there in between the buildings and it was frosty. Like I, <laughs> I'm telling her like my wife, you know, came with us and was like, I don't think I dressed for this weather. Like this is, <laughs> this is cold. Yeah. And of course we're like looking at the map that you sent us and I'm like, all right. And so I'm thinking it's going to be like on the outside of the building on one of these things somewhere. And I didn't realize it was kind of like inside. So we made it all the way down to the other side, came mm. inside and then came towards the food court. And I was like, that's about the time I called you. And as soon as you kind of like said something about it, I like looked down that way and I could see you. And I was like, Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> and it took but it me was like neat. 20 more seconds to see you. So I was like, I guess I should just not move. <laughs> Do not see I, him. I yet. will say I'm a little sad that we didn't stick around to check out the food court and that, cause it did look like there was some cool options there. Uh, we, but very enjoyable. You guys took off. A few of us did hang back and have a meal in the food court and you, you locals, I, I do, suggest you drop in city foundry for the food court alone 
and the bathrooms downtown. It's hard to find a bathroom downtown. They've got them. So uh, if you're ever in that area and need to park for free, run in and pee pee, that's a good place to do it. So, uh, but no, they, it was the kind of food court where you've never heard of any of the restaurants at all, but we what still found like? very good food. Pinky out bougie places or. Some were kind of, I think, I think it was more hipstery than any, I don't think anyone would mind me saying that. Uh, I think there was more of like a hipster downtown element, but I went, I found a burger place that made a delightful burger. Um, our buddy Jimmy got a quesadilla somewhere else. Um, Chad, Chad got a pile of, um, cheese fries. You wouldn't believe. So we just, we ate like little kids and talked about video games and it was the perfect night. (laughs) I love that you said that as immediately where I'm thinking, it's like, oh man, like, Going back to the arcade back in the day at the mall and then hitting up the food court afterwards, you know? <laughs> yeah, me and Jimmy both married guys. I got a, a kid home, you know, hanging out with, with grandma until I get back and do bedtime. And we're just sitting in that food court having the time of our lives. Like, I like PlayStation. I like virtual reality. This is fun. Let's do this again sometime. It was lovely. Yeah, it was a very enjoyable time. And, and I will say, like, I think I was initially taken back by the price whenever we looked it up. My wife and I looked it up on the way out and I think it was 50 or 55 bucks uh, a person. And initially I was kind of like, man, it's like, that's, that's an expensive date. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, but let's look at what we got with it. Like we got to come in there. We got a really first class treatment by the staff. Um, It was probably, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes of game time for sure. After the initial kind of setup and stuff. I think it was probably a little longer than that, but it probably wasn't much over 30. And that, yeah. that may depend, the price and the time may depend on which kind of session you do. That's why I was very careful. Yeah, that's also true. I was very careful about not talking price because uh, I just told everybody, check with your nearest location for their availability and what they're doing at the time because I have no idea. It yeah. did seem like between like 40-ish, 50-ish, per person, per game or whatever, but uh, I, I would have a hard time confirming that for sure. So yeah, I would say check it out. It, it's not it's not cheap. Uh, I wouldn't do it every weekend, but uh, right. I, I would go but back I'm, for sure. Like if I had company in town or something and wanted to show them something cool, I, I'd take them back there in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's all I can think is like, who else do I know that would enjoy this? Oh man, I bet Kyle would like this. Like we should bring mm-hmm. Kyle down here sometime. And then on on my wife's side, I have two nephews, uh, 10 and 11. And I'm like, they would enjoy this. Like, they're fun to game with. They like to play Minecraft with me and and they want to get involved. And they ask me to play Apex all the time and stuff. And it's like, this seems like something that they would enjoy. I I can't say for sure how they would potentially respond to like the VR side of it and like being in that kind of thing. Uh, But I felt like the experience was, was great. Like we knew where the borders were. And when you got too close, it, it showed up like you would, if you were wearing like your Oculus or something like that. So like, yeah. I liked that. Um, and overall, I, I didn't feel like anything in there made me motion sick. You know, I thought right. it did a really good job of, uh, and maybe it's just because I've been gaming for as long as I have. And, and I've been playing with VR for a little while now. But overall, I thought it did a really good job. And and even at that price point, like if it, it give and take a little bit there, I would still go back and do it again. Like yeah. for sure. I would take family, like you said, if they were in town, if I knew I had a weekend coming up and I was like, oh, you know what? What sounds like fun? Like 
we could go to the winery or something. It's like, or, you know, why don't we go do that? Like we'd spend the same money either way. And we had a good time. Like, let's go back and do that. I'd be interested to see if they would offer like some kind of a club membership or something like that. Like, like season a pass. gym would do or something. Yeah. Like, like a season <laughs> pass. Yeah. You know, uh, get three months for this price, save $35 or something. Yeah. It's, I think it'd be perfect for like corporate events. If like your yes, employer wanted definitely. to take everybody for a morale booster and there was budget for it. Like, I think it's perfect for that kind of thing. I have no idea if they do that. Like if you could just like rent the place out one night or something like that on, on off peak nights. On Amazon's or, time. <laughs> <laughs> take Amazon in, take your team from Microsoft, whatever. Um, you mentioned motion. I, w- I wanted to talk about that because we talked about this on discord too. I had done VR before you had done VR before as a VR player you kind of know if you tend to get motion sick and under what circumstance like some people can't put the headset on at all some people can put it on they can move around but if you're doing something like racing a car it's trouble that's where my line is if we're racing cars i may have a hard time i knew it wouldn't be a problem to do a game where you walk around in a room and maybe shoot pew pews at at stuff in the sky or whatever and then i remembered I, I said to the guys on Discord, I said, if you remember that second level of there were like three parts and the second one, we were in like a troop transport thing, hightailing it down the road like fast, like that thing was racing and we're shooting out the back at zombies and stuff running down the road after us. And I thought not only did that not bother any of us, we didn't really realize that's what was happening until later. And they felt so confident about that. I I didn't see any warnings about that. I didn't see any trouble. So I don't know what the trick is because I don't know if it was because we were standing in, in a big thing that was moving or what, but normally that would have probably messed with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I did. uh, I did pay special attention to like the surroundings within the vehicle a couple of times. Like when there was a little bit of low time, I made sure to like look around behind me and kind of get a feel for like what the design of that, I guess just level we'll call it. Um, But then like even looking out the left or the right, like it was zooming by. I mean, just zooming by, you could see trees and different things like cruising down. And, and I do kind of agree. And I think maybe for me, I know uh, there's a walking dead game that we have on the quest that we've played. And the movement is something that if I'm in control of it and I know what it is, then like I have kind of that preconceived notion in my head and I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. But in that one, uh, and then also one of the other VR things has like a lobby. Uh, but when you move, it's like you push the joystick and it like blinks you to the next spot, like within yeah, 10 uh, meters or whatever. I think they call it teleporting usually. So that kind of hits me a little funny if it's like a sensation of like, uh, you know, oh, like the jerking hits forward and stopping. Interesting. And so that that was one that like we would play The Walking Dead and it was like, and I was okay for a little bit. I could do it. But after about 30 minutes, I was like, oh, I think I got to take this off. Like, like the movement's kind of messing with me. Whereas if I feel like it was Halo as an example, and I was just pushing the joystick forward and my guy was moving. And I, even if it had a little camera bounce or whatever, as like we were going forward, I think I would totally be okay with it. I think the stop of that teleport is what kind of got me because it, it did in my head. It kind of gave me this like, uh, like moving forward kind of thing. And then like the sudden stop because hmm. 
if it's a continuous straight forward, I think I'm good. But when it's like, it kind of yeah. messes with me. But after about 30 minutes, and then then it's like, all right, I need a break. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the headset off, and I'm gonna go move around the world and try to get my bearings. <laughs> Remind my brain that there's a real world out there. And, yes, and yes. that's the one we need to stay attached to. Um, that's interesting because a lot of people, the teleporting is what keeps them okay. Like if they had to push a joystick forward and, and their character slowly moved, that would be the thing that made them sick. I've not heard anybody say that the teleporting is what messes with them, but I do believe it. And that's even more of like a, an indicator that we don't entirely know how to make the brain okay with VR movement. And so that's why I was surprised that they had a, a set. Now it was a short segment. We probably didn't do it more than five or 10 minutes, but if that transport in the game had like spun out, hit a jump, so like if there had been like that kind of movement, right. I'm pretty sure we went dead straight the entire time. If it had moved left or right, I would probably eat shit right there. I would have just, <laughs> just <laughs> fallen right, <laughs> right over. <laughs> and that would have been, I mean, that would have been really entertaining to see. I would have felt really bad. And I, after I got done laughing, I would have made sure you were okay. Yeah, no, but <laughs> I, I would have been mad in the moment. And then it would have been the best story ever. Yeah. Well, and, and to think about like, I was so impressed as soon as we put on the headsets and got to see each other in the avatars. I was like, these look so good. Like yeah. the little, I don't even know what you would call it. It's little space Marine super soldiers that we were embodying. I yeah. felt like looked good. And then the combination of like the look of it with like the weight of the vest and stuff that you were wearing and the weapon in your hand, it really, I felt like kind of put me in the moment. I think the only way it could have gotten any better for me was I know that like your, your arms and that are based off of the, the things they put on your wrist. Right. And so if you're holding the front of your, your rifle or your shotgun and that it only snaps to one spot. So like, no matter how you hold it or oh, move yeah. your hand, mm -hmm. you know, there's no difference visually in the game. And I think the only thing that would have like really wowed me is if like, depending on how I held the rifle, if it like knew that somehow, uh, I was also very impressed that that rifle had an optic, like a legitimate optic that if oh, yeah. I held it the right way, I could actually see down this like little red dot optic and I could either use it to aim at the zombies and it provided like a small magnification, or I could just look just past it at where the laser was pointing and just aim it that way. And I was very impressed with it. It's uh, it's super inside baseball to even discuss it, but I, I saw that thing too, where if you get within a certain proximity of the rifle, your hand snaps to a point. And I think that's how it's set up in the game engine is there's a, a grip point set up on your in-game weapon. And if your hand gets within so many pixels or units or whatever, it just snaps to the gun. And I'm guessing that's because if you're just, your hand is here and your gun is here, I'm guessing the, the engine kind of lets both like bounce around and they sort of go through each other and stuff. It probably looks a lot better to just keep it on the gun like that. Uh, yeah, and not let I it think move. you're totally I right I about what, that. I don't know entirely what the answer to that is, but like I, I noticed that too. And we were all talking about, like we all asked the same question, like who do you think makes these games? Because they looked great. Like the game's fantastic, highly polished. Like, uh, And the people who have seen the trailers, like if you go to Reddit where they talk about, has anybody done this? Everybody says the same thing. They go like, can I just like download this game on Quest or something like that? Because that's, that's the level of success I think they've had with their design. And so I had this big 
grand theory about like, I bet they contract AAA freelancers who aren't on projects and stuff like that. And it turns out, I, I researched this a little bit, uh, Sandbox has like two or three uh, or maybe more now, uh, they've got their own internal studios that develop these games and they they do. They're full of like AAA people, which is, uh, I, I'm not surprised. Pretty neat, know? really. Um, a couple of my friends after I, I posted to different social medias and that all commented and were like, oh man, this looks really cool. Like, where was it? Like, how much did it cost? Like, I want to go do it. And uh, a buddy of mine kind of brought up a point for him. Like, he's got a VR headset and so you know, his things like, you know, why would I, why would I go do it somewhere else if I could just do it in my basement or whatever? And I was like, I was like, I get that. And honestly, like for me, it's like, depending on the price point, like I could just buy a game on Xbox and stay home and play it. But it's like, I think the experience alone was, was well worth it. And then, you know, by the end of it, they, they set you up with this really cool, like minute and a half um, highlight reel. Yeah. And I thought that was really neat that that was included. And then the fact that they kind of like track your scores and stuff and you can follow like a leaderboard and that like the experience itself was really, I think, well worth it. And at some point, like I would love to have that technology in my basement and be able to, you know, go down to the basement and play that very same game, you know, and try to beat other people's high scores online and that. But it's it's going and doing it was in itself fun. Uh, and yeah. I, I think that it will continue to get that way. And I think, you know, my my big hope is that one day we we have the technology where I can, you know, put on the whole bodysuit like Ready Player One and and get into a world with my own little avatar, you know, and, and be running around doing stuff across the Internet. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I thought about that, too. I thought, you know, who who is this for at the end? Like, I, I was excited about it, but I thought, who is this ultimately for? And I, I think it's going to be a way to introduce beginners to VR tech that's, uh, you know, here now and the tech that's coming up and the things that are going to be more common in the future. But like, uh, first of all, okay, maybe you have a headset. Do you have the level of equipment that they have there? Probably not. Not a lot of people do this. Right. The, I think the appeal of a place like sandbox is like, they take a big budget. Like, you know, they, they were the kind of startup that had big investment rounds. They've got investors like uh, Will Smith and Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake. They've got massive investors and lots of money to do stuff like this. But so they, they were able to buy the top of the line equipment. The other thing is, uh, first of all, they've also got their own in-house studios making this content now. So you're going to play games you can't get anywhere else. Okay, fine. Right. But then the, the big thing is, you can collaborate like you you can bring friends with you and it's not easy to get five or six people together with headsets of their own in the same space i don't even know if that works in the same space and then what do you play so really right. they they are offering something that you can't just get because you have a rift or right. because you have a quest too like i i do get the sentiment like why would i spend a lot of money on that I think ultimately the answer is like to do it with your friends, like as well as you possibly could. Uh, yeah. There's still something, but again, I, I think it's like if your cousin or like you wanted to show your aunt and uncle, like what VR is and give them a fun night out. Like, I, I think there's a, a pretty specific use case. I think with this leaderboard stuff, I think they're sort of positioning themselves I don't have any information. I didn't talk to anyone. There's nothing on or off the record that I, I have no idea. 
But I think they're positioning themselves to do to like get into stuff like esports and really competitive stuff where you could. I mean, one of their games was called like something fighting league. I think they're thinking about maybe trying to do league type stuff. And and that's well, and what I'm going to watch for, because that would be interesting. Kind of in that you kind of triggered a thought with me when you were talking about, you know, getting a group together. You know, it's a good opportunity to maybe you're somebody that likes the idea of paintball or airsoft, but you're looking for something maybe more cooperative or maybe you can't get the full team or maybe, you know, it's off season for one of those two things. Well, you can get a group together. You can go do something like this where now you're working together to fight off hordes of zombies or hordes of aliens or something, you know, and you still kind of have that same uh, team dynamic, but at the end of the day, you're not leaving with the, <laughs> the bumps and bruises and potential <laughs> bloody arms of that, of like paintball or airsoft or something. I was going to say, maybe it really pisses you off to get hit by paintballs. Yeah. That, I, that's a problem I have. <laughs> I, I think it would be interesting too, to potentially see something like this in a, um, uh, a laser tag kind of a setting, you yeah. know, you, you get the vest, you've got the guns and now you're in a world and maybe it um, works similar to, you know, old arcade games like time crisis where it kind of moves you organically down a hallway or whatever. And all you're, you're up to do is, you know, shoot different things. But I, I could see where it could have a lot of opportunity to be a lot of fun. It's true. They could almost do like a perfectly stationary version of it and put it in like an arcade or, you know, put it outside in the hall where people could try it just like a little session. And so, like, there's a lot of potential. And that's why I was saying, like, I, I was honest in the article about, you know, there, there were a couple little, little glitchy things because I have an obligation to say that. But I, I also was very careful to say, like, we're very early on in the modern era of VR. Like they've, they've tried VR a number of times in the past. And this latest one, we're still not that deep in it. And in another 10 years, it's going to be insane. No question about it. Like it's good. You'll, you'll go to places like this very commonly. I think, I think another big leap in technology will be, and I don't think it would be that hard, but if you could, if I could go to the sandbox VR in St. Louis, you could go to the one in Miami and we could play a game together. I think that'll be another big people will really start to like have the light go off like, oh, that's what we can do with this, because we talk metaverse and stuff like, oh, but you can see people like they're right there. But if you could do something like that and it felt like you were in the same room, you could put an arm out to respawn your friend who was in another state playing with you. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Could you imagine Call of Duty? You know, you're with your buddies and you're in a VR setting, you know, and, and now one of your guys is down, you know, and, and you just. Hey, I got you, bud. Like you go for the revive, you stick him with the little, little health re adrenaline shot, whatever, you know, it's supposed to be. Yeah, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. I feel like, and I, I've seen some of those VR setups online where they've got like the little harness that they hook you in. And then you have like a little treadmill type bottom that you move on. And I guess your character moves as you move in those. Yeah. And I would be interested to check out something like that and compare it. Um, but I really liked this. It like I like games that give you like a horde mode kind yeah. of a thing where it's it's you and your team trying to defend waves upon waves crashing down at you, you know, like Leonidas and his 300, you know, you're there to <laughs> yes, you're in one spot and maybe the room was only I don't know, 12 by 12, you know. Yeah. But there was five of us there. It did not feel like we were on top of each other. 
No, uh, other than other than the one point in the back of the little convoy that we were on, and I saw the four of you guys like all lined up so perfectly, just <laughs> shooting out the back, and I'm like, all right, like I gotta pick my shots carefully. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be taking anybody out as we're going. You know, I think it was an adequate space. Uh, anytime that one of us went down, like it did, feel like you had to kind of make that careful movement towards them. Yeah. So I, it was a lot of fun. That's that's the picture that I've been sharing around, too, is when we're, we kind of locked into a formation. We had no real reason to do that, but we were friends who played games online. That's what we what it turned into. It was like, everybody yeah. fall in line, and we're going to blast these. And we did really well on that one. So yeah. that that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, that was awesome. Um, I The way I finished the article was I said, I think this is really good for St. Louis uh, because – you know, this company operates places like Hong Kong, uh, San Francisco, um, places that don't have some of the problems St. Louis has. St. Louis has a problem where we teach a lot of people technology. We, we have the same focus on STEM and business and technology that everyone does. And we have these graduates go through and go like, hell yeah, technology, hell yeah, business. And they look around and there's nowhere to do it. Like, I, I came out trained for game development. There was one studio in town when I graduated and they wanted nothing to do with me because they, they were full. They, they had, and they moved out of town like a couple of years later. We have a huge deficit of this kind of industry in St. Louis. Still, still, there's one major VR contract company that I know about and I've worked for them before. Like it, there's not a lot of this going on. So I think it's important for the people in St. Louis to try stuff like this, see stuff like this, walk by like people were doing and, and take note in the hall and go, what is that? Wow. Technology is really crazy right now. And you know, that guy could be somebody looking to, you know, start a franchise or, or whatever, but yeah. we need that stimulation in the economy because in the last 15 plus years, it hasn't gotten that much better around here. You know, there, there are places to do corporate jobs and stuff like that, but like we need, we, in terms of entertainment, we have nothing. We have the, the companies that create the news, you know, it's like, that's not a lot of places for people to work in like high tech video games, TV, things like that. We, we need that stimulation here and we don't have enough places to find it. So I, I think it's good for kids and parents to see that and business leaders to see that. And so I, for that reason, I hope they make a killing here. I hope they do extremely well. And, uh, I, I hope a little bit we did helps. I didn't, you know, we didn't receive a dime. We got to play for free, but they're not paying me or I'm not checking in with anybody to see if any of this is okay. I'm giving my honest impressions and I've been pretty brutally honest throughout. So I still, I hope this is good for St. Louis and I hope they have a good ride here. I, I really couldn't agree more. Um, I think it would be really neat to see, like a resurgence in an arcade esque um, atmosphere, you know, like a post COVID yeah. arcade, but with like VR, you know, somewhere that enough people could come by and they could check it out. And, you know, maybe there's 10 machines lined up along a wall or whatever. And it's like, Oh, I got 10 bucks. I'm going to go. You just, you put it all on. And next thing you know, you're, you're in the action. Uh, I think something like that would be really cool. And I, I do think that, St. Louis would benefit from something like that. And even I know they, they strongly su- urge and suggest you not to mix alcohol with VR, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, if you could come up with a, uh, 
like a Dave and Buster's esque experience where you could go play this VR experience. You could spend 30 minutes doing that with some buddies, having a good time and playing some games and then grabbing a meal and a couple of drinks afterwards. Man, that sounds like a hell of a night to me. <laughs> that would be the kind of thing we would do on a regular basis. Like yeah. well, Saturday, <laughs> let's get to, <laughs> yep. let's get to Dave and Buster's VR. Yeah. Let, let me know when they, uh, when they break out the WCW versus NWO VR era. <laughs> Could you imagine? We've been talking about this AEW uh, game that's coming out, and I cannot wait. It's got nothing to do with VR, but it. I cannot wait for that game. It looks just like No Mercy, and I it can't come soon enough. I am looking forward to jumping on and doing a stream and just in encouraging anybody that's there hanging out that wants to, to jump into a match and, and we'll play <laughs> them on stream. You know, like, like I want, <laughs> I very much, I hope that I go into it with the same skills that I left it when I was oh, yeah. 12, you know, <laughs> yeah. here's a million dollar idea for, I've never thought of this in my entire life, but if they don't do something like this, it would be worth trying to do. And I don't care if somebody steals this idea because I still want to play it. If you had a game like No Mercy, it was online enabled and you could start. You had like online uh, like battle royales where online players could just spawn in and just run in and, and try and winner oh, takes man. all. And it would be kind of like a Fortnite-ish kind of thing for a wrestling game. And you could have this ongoing. It'd be great for streams. That would be a lot of fun. It'd be great for them. The replayability off the charts. Oh, man, I would love that. Holy crap. Because all of a sudden you just see, uh, you know, Cactus Jack come running in or something. <laughs> yeah. You, you run in. And then it, of course, you be then strategic. You, know, you, you team up. Yeah. Noob Master 69 comes running down the aisle, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some kid runs in screaming over his headset. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Immediately gets thrown over the rope. Ah, <laughs> F your mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheating. It's cheating. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Talk about the future. I hope that's in the future for us. Yes. Yes. That would be a good time for sure. Well, uh, when I think back to the last time we we even played something like that with my brother and you and Kyle, it's been forever now, I, it pops up in my time hop once in a while. And I'm like, oh, man, what a great day that was. I'm sure it's far enough along now. The next time I see it, I'm going to be like, has it really been 15 years? Like, <laughs> Well, for one thing, it hasn't been 15 years. I was going to say, compared to most people, we've played very recently <laughs> because that game has stuck around in this circle. And it's how we settle disputes. It's how it's it's basically I don't know what to call it. It's like a great dogs fighting for supremacy or something. But <laughs> But we take it very seriously, and it's probably only been – it's definitely been in the last 10 years. I would i would guess six or seven years. We, we yeah. all – like a bunch of us got together and played this game. And it came out in like 2001. So, I mean, it's its not been that long. And I miss it, and I might have to go play it tonight. So, Well, yeah, I don't blame you there. I'm sure it was before I went to Colorado for the railroad, which was 2015. And so then it's been at least that. That's getting to be too long. Yeah, it's time to rectify. <laughs> uh, drop your uh, drop your Twitch one more time for listeners, and I'll get you out of here. Yes, uh, twitch.tv forward slash hazard 0643. And you can find me on all other social medias and YouTube and TikTok at just at hazard 0643. Well, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to add you to my 
rotation of uh, friends I have come in when I don't have anything businessy lined up or I just want to do something fun on the podcast. I hope you don't mind. I would, I would love nothing more. This was an absolute blast. Awesome. Okay, as always, if you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, please consider subscribing wherever you're listening right now. We have articles, show notes, and more available at CodeWritePlay.com. You can reach out on Twitter at CodeWritePlay, at GameDevPod, and me at MechaToddZilla with one D and two L's. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to our sponsors. Show them some love, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>